Welcome to another episode of the Bob Hoover Fitness Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about emotional eating, boredom eating, how to have a healthier relationship with food, all of that good stuff because I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with and it's very hard to overcome. I've had my struggles with this in the past as well. Um, and it, it did, it wasn't easy. It, it took me a while to, uh, overcome first and foremost. And once I was able to really improve my relationship with food, that's when things became sustainable for me. Uh, and, and that's the same thing I see with a lot of clients where, um, once you build the healthy habits and the healthy mindset around food, that's when things start to become sustainable and enjoyable and, uh, you can really make this into a lifestyle as, as cliche as that is. So um, I guess I'll start off with my experience with uh, emotional eating and um, my relationship with food. So um, growing up, I was just like the average American. We didn't really look at anything we didn't pay attention to any foods we we would eat out at you know mcdonald's we would eat out at burger king we eat all the time we would just buy uh you know dinners weren't necessarily like uh healthy we just ate right and there was no rhyme or reason to it there was it was just like hey this is what we want to eat this is what we want uh and this is what we're gonna get uh fast forward to about middle school things changed. Um, we started to be a little bit more health conscious, I guess is a way to say it, where, uh, we, we would, uh, start to make a little more dinners. We wouldn't eat out as much. Um, you know, I think my mom read uh, a book. I'm not exactly sure what book it was, but it was a book by somebody who talked a lot about the chemicals and foods and, and talked a lot about, uh, certain good and bad foods and what you should avoid and, and how it's affecting our health and all this kind of stuff. Basically, a lot of the um, bullshit that, uh, you know, I kind of talk about now um, that has been kind of disproven by research. But, uh, you know, back then, like there wasn't too many things out there. So like this book uh, was eye opening because we, we never heard anything about it. And, and you know, this is the problem too, where like if you focus so much on one person and what one person says and don't do your own research, um, that's where these, these, uh, you know, these like cult like things happen, right? Where you get so behind somebody and so behind an idea and it becomes like a, a belief of yours and like, uh, like part of your life. Um, so Basically, we cut out like all fast food um, and we started eating a lot of chicken, not really any red meat because in that book, they said that red meat was bad for you. Um, and again, no fast food, no really eating out because that, all that stuff was processed. So we go from eating a lot to not really eating much uh, processed foods. So it was a big shift, right? So I think that was almost like the start of it uh, for me. And we did that for years, really. And then when I got into high school and got into lifting, uh, you know, once I got my license, I didn't care. I just ate whatever. I would go to McDonald's. I would uh, go to McDonald's before school. I would go to McDonald's after school. We'd get 
we'd order out all the time. Me and my girlfriend, who's my wife now, um, we'd get pizza. Me and my buddies, we would get uh, Chipotle. We'd get McDonald's. Um, and, you know, it didn't really matter that much, right? So throughout high school, uh, I did not eat healthy at all. But I really, I had terrible, terrible acne. Um, you know, typically, you know, when you're, when you're a, a teenager, you get acne no matter what. So when I was in high school, it wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't good, right? Like people would tell me like, oh, it's not that bad, but I was very, very self-conscious about it. Like very, very self-conscious. Um, definitely the most self-conscious thing that I was, um, that I dealt with. And to help with that, I re- I started to, to work out. I started to strength train and I, I, thought that strength training would help with that because I'd have more muscles, I would look better, I would feel better, and I would be a lot more confident. And it helped a ton with that. I can't even imagine, looking back, I can't even imagine not strength training, what that would have done to me because it was such a big part of my life and such a big boost of confidence for me, and it changed my life, really. Uh, So I can't even imagine not strength training, what that would have done. But I, I, I started strength training in high school, uh, with a couple of buddies of mine, getting some really good results. And again, like this is like six months, a year, two years. It's not like it just happened in a month. Uh, you know, so I started to become one of the people known in the school as like somebody who lifts, right? Like when you're in high school, well, now it's actually a lot different, which is crazy. Cause I, I'm, I've only been out of high school for, uh, like eight or nine years, which is crazy to think about. But, um, I think it's a lot different now. I feel like a lot more high schoolers are working out because of social media and the information is a lot better than it was. Um, maybe not. Okay. Maybe not a lot better. I definitely think it's better, but maybe a little bit more accessible than it was. So, uh, now compared to back then, I definitely think a lot more people are working out. It's becoming a lot more normal and it's actually almost like cool to do. But back when I was in high school and I went to a fairly decently sized high school. It wasn't like enormous, but it definitely wasn't small. It was like probably average, maybe a little bit above average with our class size. Um, you know, there wasn't, there really wasn't many people who did it. Like nobody really worked out. So like the people who did, you knew. Um, and I was one of those people. Uh, so I work out and, uh, all, all my fitness is focused on is just working out again. Like my diet is shit. I don't really think about protein, I don't really think about anything like that. I think like the only thing I thought about was like protein powder. I thought that might help. Uh, I was never into pre-workouts. Um, I would, I just never really took it because my mom to this, to this point still was like, and, and I love my mom to death, um, you know, was still like terrified, right? About supplements. Creatine was a big thing. You know, like I was never allowed to take creatine because it was supposedly going to kill you. Now we know creatine is the most studied supplement and it actually has not only physical benefits, but it also has like uh, cognitive and mental benefits and longevity benefits. So it's actually every time new research comes out, creatine is almost like the super supplement, right? It's still a supplement, but it's been shown to have a ton of benefits. So, um, yeah, in high school, I didn't really take too many supplements, maybe except whey protein um, or casein, one of the two, uh, because I didn't really know. Uh, so yeah, I just did that for a few years, um, ate like shit, uh, put some muscle on, but 
I mean, I was in high school, so I had a fuck up. My metabolism was skyrocketed. I played basketball, I played baseball, so like I was always moving. Um, so when I say like I, it was like almost like a dirty bulk uh, in terms of like what I ate, it was, and like I had a little bit more body fat than I probably wanted at the time. Um, but I wasn't like chubby by any means. But I definitely wasn't like I wouldn't even consider myself like healthy. Um, and uh, basically like the, the exercise helped a lot. So graduate high school, um, go to college. And when I'm in college, my first year, probably my first semester, actually, I don't think it was my whole first year. The acne got really, really bad. Um, like terribly bad. And I, it was like, not only just the way it looked, cause it did not look good at all. Like it was, and I'm not joking here. Like if you saw pictures of me back then, like you would be like, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, that doesn't look too good or it looks like it hurts, which is another way of saying it doesn't look too good. Uh, and I'm, Hey, I, I know that that's why I'm saying this. Uh, but the thing too, was it, it fucking hurt. It hurt so bad. It was all over, um, my cheeks and you know, your cheeks are very sensitive. It's very thin there. Uh, so it hurt really bad. I would get them on my nose. Um, I would get them, uh, you know, on my, on my neck, I would get them on my forehead, but it was mostly my cheeks and my nose and it hurt so fucking bad. Um, like I would get these enormous like zits. It would almost be like a boil and they would hurt so fucking bad. Uh, I would pop them. I would always be touching my face. I'd be in class, like sitting next to people and I'd be so embarrassed. Um, this is like some true shit. Uh, you know, it's funny talking about this. I don't really talk. I never talk about this and it's bringing back some memories. Uh, and I was just, I was terrified, uh, to like, just be in front of people. Um, like we would go over friends, uh, different colleges that different friends would go to with like the weekend and party. And I would just, I never wanted to go out. I didn't even want to go because my acne was terrible. Um, so like I needed to do something, uh, and I tried everything. I tried different ointments. I tried different, um, home remedies. Like it got to the point where I was putting apple cider vinegar on my face with this uh baking soda mix um where i rub it on and it fucking stung but apparently it's supposed to help didn't fucking work at all um and nothing worked and i couldn't figure it out I'm like what the fuck so i i honestly can't remember what caused me to think of this uh but i something made me switch like like think about diet and i'm like you know maybe i'll try like switching up what i eat because i must have read something somewhere that talked about it so i was like yeah let me try this um and again this was happening for years so it's not something that was like a few months like this i probably had this but for like three or four years so i start looking into uh some of the research or out it wasn't research it was like blogs um i start researching and reading some blogs about like healthier diets and, and whatnot. So my first introduction into eating healthier was like the classic like bodybuilding diet, like chicken, broccoli, and rice, sweet potatoes, broccoli, and rice, uh, sweet potatoes, rice, and uh, chicken, I should say. Uh, very bland stuff. Again, still no red meat because I thought red meat was terrible. I also had a uh, professor in a nutrition class tell us that you would die if you ate red meat, which is fucking still pisses me off to this day uh, because we believed her. Um, even though, so like one kid was actually eating 
his like spaghetti with meat sauce um, in class and it was a night class so he was eating his dinner and she literally like called him out in front of the whole fucking class and asked him like how often do you eat red meat and he's just like probably like three or four times a week and she's like oh yeah you're gonna like like you if you don't stop now you're not gonna be here in like you know 10 to 20 years which if that would have happened today like i would have fucking like flipped the shit out like i would have been damn like it just fires me up just thinking about that it's fucking ridiculous that that's the shit that they teach in universities um unfortunately hopefully things change but that's why i'm not the biggest fan of uh college for most reasons but that's a different discussion um so uh yeah i just start with the bodybuilding diet um and i think i was dairy free too for a while uh because i think i read that dairy can cause acne which we know isn't true anymore but um i was dairy free started eating a little bit more quote unquote clean uh and my acne started to go away and it was the only thing that ever worked was switching up my diet um so i got really deep into like eating healthy and uh, not eating processed foods. And I, I cut out all, you know, sugar as in sugar from like chocolate, sugar from drinks. I used to drink a lot of pop, right? So I stopped drinking pop. Um, I stopped drinking like lemonade, like things like that. Um, I wasn't like against carbs. I was more against like sugar, um, and also against dairy. So I, I cleaned up my face. Uh, things started to look good. I was getting the best shape of my life, loving it. Um, I think cut out alcohol too for a little bit. It's funny because I wasn't even 21, but yes, I drank throughout high school and uh, partied a fuck ton in college, So, um, which most kids do. But anyways, uh, so yeah, I mean, I did that for, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe six to 12 months. Uh, things cleared up, got in the best shape of my life. So like I recomped very well doing that, like, definitely still added some muscle but really started to drop some body fat not too much but some and you can i was getting like really defined um and seeing that change and also having the validation from other people because in high school I, like some people would tell me like hey like bob you know you work out you look great blah blah but once i started to really switch things up and my physique started to change i started to get that external validation from other people like people used to say like damn bro like you're jacked like damn you're shredded like I had one of my buddies tell me that like, he's like, dude, when I, he's like, I tell people like all the time, like when I see them at parties and stuff, when people ask about you that you're like the most shredded person I know, and like you're the most like disciplined person I know, which is a side note is funny because like people always tell me that like I am the most disciplined person they know. And it makes sense because, um, you know, I'm growing, growing a business and, um, I've been very disciplined with my fitness. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that. But, uh, it's funny because I just thought of something and of course now I can't remember. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say, but anyway, so my, my, you know, I was getting this external, um, validation from people. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Sorry. Uh, side note, like with our baby shower for, um, uh, our future son, uh, or he might already be here if you're listening to this. Uh, a lot of people did say that on their cards. They were like, yeah, like, I hope it was like, what do you hope uh, they get from the mom? What do you hope they get from the dad? And a lot of people said they hope they get like my drive, my work ethic, um, which, hey, I'm, I'm very proud of. Um, it's something I've worked very hard on, something that I continue to work hard on. Um, 
and it's a skill that can be acquired. So if you're somebody that is like, oh my God, like you have such a good drive or you have such a good uh, work ethic. Like I didn't always have this. I didn't have this like at all. Like <laughs> I, I can promise you I was like the least work ethic person. Like I was that kid that like hated working. I was that kid that wanted to play video games all day. Um, and when I say kid, like I'm talking about like even as an adult um, and it's something I had to build up over time. That's another story for another day. Um, that actually might apply to fitness and be a good podcast. But anyways, so I was getting this external validation. I loved it. Uh, it made me feel good. It was like that dopamine hit, right? So I kept wanting to get, get more and more. So I, I was already starting to build this unhealthy relationship with my body because of what people were saying. So I had this like, I was giving myself this like expectation of like, hey, I have to look a certain way. Um, and it really, really went down like a really bad path. Um, because I was never satisfied and I always wanted to get leaner. I always wanted to get more shredded. So um, because of that, I was trying to find the best way to do that. And um, I heard about this thing called keto and how your body can just start burning fat for fuel and you'll just stay lean because your body is using fat. Now we know that that's not true, that your body, um, it, it matters how much total energy it burns. It doesn't matter where the energy comes from. It doesn't matter if it comes from fat. It doesn't matter if it comes from carbs. It doesn't matter if it comes from muscle or protein. Um, it's the total energy that matters in terms of losing weight, right? So you can burn 500 calories from fat. You can burn 500 calories from carbs. It's still 500 calories, right? There's a difference between fat loss and using fat for fuel. And it's a very important distinction. But anyways... I ended up doing keto. I got into it, did a fuck ton of research on it. Um, and again, at this point, I'm still dairy-free. Um, so I, I learned that I could have dairy on here. And I was still nervous because of the acne because I really thought that dairy was a big part of it, which it I don't think it was um, because I eat dairy all the time now and I don't get as bad of acne. Um, so... I, I did a bunch of research on it. I was actually, I remember like staying up late that night and watching videos because it was right at the beginning of like the keto craze um, back in 20, probably 2016, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there. Um, so there wasn't too much information out there at the time. There was, but there wasn't. It was like just at the beginning of when that whole stuff started. Uh, so I did a bunch of research on it, really scared about it because again, not only was I dairy free, but I also thought fat was bad, right? I was told that eating too much fat was really bad for you. Um, another thing I learned in university, and again, like there is some links between, you know, eating too much fat, especially saturated fat and like heart disease and stuff like that. So definitely not recommending eating too much, but um, it was scary because, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to start eating all this fat. Aren't I going to get fat? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, I had family members telling me like, oh, isn't that bad for you? And you know, I had basically was like trying to like, uh, like psych myself up and then also like tell other people like, no, it's not. So, um, if you have somebody that, you know, that is trying something like this and you're questioning it, do your own research. Don't listen to what they say. That's a word of advice for me from experience. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I, I do keto, uh, and long story short, I go down this huge like rabbit hole with it. I become so uh, ingrained in the process. Um, I've become so, um, you know, uh, like a keto er, like a keto bro, um, keto zealot. 
and I was still in college at the time. So, you know, I thought I was like fucking God and I was like, yeah, I, uh, you know, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And, and, and this is the way. And so the last year of college, I was just really being into keto, really being into working out. Yes. I went through like the transition of like my body learning how to use carbs versus using ketones, which is fat for fuel. Uh, that transition sucked, but I pretty much thought I felt great. Um, and I got lean, I got shredded, uh, at the time I thought it was cause of keto, but looking back, it was because I just dropped a fuck ton of water because your body can't hold on to carbs when it's in ketosis. So your body flushes on a lot of water. Uh, so that was basically it. And, and again, long story short, I, I just did the keto way for years and, and I didn't eat any carbs. And when I did eat carbs, like I binged really bad and then I would get back on, on the wagon, right? It was this all or nothing mentality, uh, of like not eating carbs for, and then when I was able to eat it, I fucking ate all of the carbs, not just some of them. And that was just this binge and restrict cycle basically of like keto. Um, and that lasted for probably two years. Um, and, uh, on top of me wanting to get as lean as possible and, and all this external validation from people, it was just not a good cycle. Like I had a terrible relationship with food, um, terrible relationship with my body. Uh, and then I eventually transitioned into carnivore for like the last three months of just only eating meat, um, with the same problems I was having. And at some point I was just like, okay, enough is enough. Like I got to stop this. Um, so slowly I started incorporating a little bit more carbs. It, again, my mindset was still fucked. So it was very hard for me to do, but the persistence of doing it and not giving up and slowly adding in more carbs. And yes, I still had times where I binge. Um, but eventually, uh, I, I got to where I'm at today, which is a completely healthy relationship with food, um, which is pretty amazing. Uh, and again, this took me like two or three years to do, but it wasn't like it was like two years of trying it and then all of a sudden it magically hit. It was like a slow, gradual improvement. Like after a month, I was a little bit better. After two months, I was a little bit better. After six months, I was a little bit better. After a year, I was a little bit better. To now, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much like most of the time, like really good. Um, so yeah, I experienced it. It was bad. Um, and again, I think episode number two is my story. I talk a little bit more about this in depth, but I wanted to give some background info on this um, in case you haven't listened to that uh, before I dive into um, the actual, like how to get over this um, and different things to think about because uh, it can help to hear that, like it can help to hear when other people go through it and hear their experiences because, hey, you're not alone and it's something hard to do, but just because it's hard doesn't mean it can't be done and it can 100% be done. So I want to make sure that you understand that where you're at right now, if you have a really bad relationship with food or you struggle with this, like this is something that you can work on. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. So the first thing to realize, number one, is that a calorie is a calorie. Okay. So all calories are created equal. Um, this is one that I used to not think was true, right? Obviously, because I used to think carbs are bad. Um, but it's just the fact that a calorie is a calorie. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, Bob, fuck you. You suck. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. But um, hear me out. So what is a calorie? A calorie is simply just like a unit of energy, right? It's a unit of energy that we get from food. 
So it's the energy in food and it's the energy we expend throughout our body. So our body digests the food and then we use that food for energy, okay? So that's all calorie is, is energy, okay? Different foods have different amount of calories, so different amounts of energy. So let's use like a banana, for example, and let's use a candy bar. A banana has 150 calories. A candy bar has 150 calories, okay? This is where people like flip shit. They're like, well, there's no way that a banana is the same as a candy bar. It's like, no, nobody's fucking saying that a banana is the same as a candy bar. So like, no, like that's not what we're fucking saying. What we're saying is a candy bar has 150 grams of energy, or excuse me, 150 calories. So it has 150 calories slash energy. A banana has 150 calories slash energy. So you get the same amount of energy from a banana that you do from a candy bar. So that's where it's very similar. That's where a calorie is a calorie. Now, where it differs is the makeup of that food. Okay, so a banana, you can just look at it. For what you get for 150 calories of a banana, that takes up a lot more space than what you get from 100 calories of a chocolate bar, okay? So just by that, it's going to be more filling because it's taking up more space, okay? Also, a banana has a lot more nutrients, vitamins, minerals, fiber, than a candy bar. So... Again, it's going to make you feel better. And because it has those nutrients, it's going to reduce cravings. Um, It's going to help keep you more full because uh, a banana has more nutrients, more fiber. Also, a banana doesn't taste as good as a candy bar. So it's a lot easier to eat one banana, okay, than it is to eat one candy bar. I'm sure you could have four candy bars and not be satisfied. Try having four bananas. Not only are you going to be full, but you're going to get palate fatigue because it's not, it doesn't taste as good, right? The candy bar is made to be really fucking good, right? And to eat as many as you want because that's how they make their money, by you eating them. So that's what I mean a calorie is a calorie. So you first must understand that, that all calories are created equal. And this is important to know because... You want to eat mostly whole nutrient-dense foods. Like that is the end goal. That is the key because that's what's going to make it sustainable. If you don't like whole foods, you have to learn to like them. Like you just have to like start introducing them into your diet. Do the ones that you hate the least. Do the ones that you like the most. And eventually your body and your palate will adapt. You, You just have to do it, right? However, this is also good news because it proves that you can still eat what you want as long as it's in your calories, Right? This is where flexible dieting comes in, which we'll get to more in a, in a second. But you could still eat, for example, um, your banana and chocolate bar if it fits in your calories, right? Because um, it's in terms of losing weight, gaining weight, say the same weight, the total calories are what matter the most. All right, so the total energy you're taking in. So it doesn't matter if it's coming from a whole food or processed food. That's what matters most. But 
you want most of your food, right? Like 80%, 80 to 90% of your food coming from these whole foods, just for the various reasons I just said about keeping you full, reducing cravings, um, not tasting as good. So it's hard to overeat, um, giving you more energy and not making you feel like shit. So uh, that's number one. But then number two, it also proves like, oh, wait, if I do have the candy bar, it's not the end of the world because if my calories are in check, we're good. So that's what I mean to calories and calorie. Um, and then to kind of like piggyback off that point, number two is there's no good or bad foods. Uh, again, a banana is not good. A candy bar is not bad, right? Food is just food. There's no moral tie to it. It's not like this candy bar is like some evil thing that like only evil people eat and that, um, it kills people who are good. It's like, dude, no, it's fucking, um, a goddamn candy bar. It's a goddamn banana, right? Because, Again, like in my situation, I was telling myself that you can go down the list. I was telling myself that red meat was bad, right? And I started to view people who ate red meat as bad. Like, really, it's fucked up, but it's true. Um, same thing with carbs. Like, I thought carbs were bad, okay? Same thing. People who ate carbs, I was like, oh, look at these fucking people. Like, think about that. Look, at, Think about how fucking stupid that sounds. And then when you eat that thing, you think you're bad. And then it, because you think you're bad... You spiral into out of control in a way because you're like, well, I'm already bad. So then you start talking to yourself negatively, which you should never do. And then you start thinking you're a bad person. Then you're like, well, since I'm already bad, like I'm just going to keep eating like this. That's why there's no fucking good or bad foods, right? Food is just food. A calorie is a calorie. Remember that. And you want to eat more healthy foods, but you can also incorporate more unhealthy foods right like you can incorporate more enjoyment foods think about it like that think about those as more like tasty enjoyment foods and pleasure foods um you can have both but you want more one than the other and to again piggyback again you're not a fucking dog right like you don't earn shit you're not like oh i earned this cookie today like i hear that all the time still it's like well i had a great week so i'm going out with the family tonight for dinner at my favorite spot and uh i'm gonna order my favorite lava cake because i earned it it's like what the fuck it's like you didn't earn shit like no like 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 you're going to it because you like it right you're going to it because you like that thing you're gonna fit in your calories right and you've been on track but you didn't earn it you're not a fucking dog it's not like um when i tell emmy my uh boxer dog puppy um to you know sit down and get her eye drops because she has a glaucoma and it's like okay great you were so good you earned a treat and i give her a treat it's like no like you just you did what you're supposed to do like that's just it you don't earn shit and everything is on plan right it's like cool i'm 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 i did what i need to do during the week on the weekend it's like i'm going out that's part of the plan right there's so you you didn't earn anything there's no good or bad foods um and uh, a calorie is a calorie. So I want to make sure we get that out of the way before we um, dive in. Because that's a very, very important part. Because right there can be a huge fix for, for a lot of people. Um, just that simple mindset fix. And, and once you realize that, oh shit, food is just food. Calories a calorie. I don't earn anything. There's no good and bad food. It helps a lot. And it really helps the mindset shift around how you perceive food. And this is a key. This is like one of the key foundations to really building a healthy relationship with food um, and and making like some really good sustainable progress. 
Okay. Uh, so next is going to be the all or nothing mentality. Okay. Like this is something that, man, again, I've struggled with. Uh, and this is essentially where like you think, okay, well, I'm either on track or I'm off track. Right. It's like, I'm on the road or off the road or I'm in season and off season, right? Like I'm playing, uh, for example, these sports, like there's football season and there's off season. It's like during the season, the, the players are at the team facility. They practice during the week. They, um, play the games and then the off season, they do whatever they hang out with their family. They go on vacation. Same thing with your diet. Like you can think that, um, you know, it's either, okay, I'm not either on track or off track. And this kind of tie, you can see how these are all tying into each other. But, uh, you know, I used to think that if I was eating carbs, I was off track. Okay. And again, I would, I would earn it. So with Thanksgiving and the holidays coming up here, um, one Easter, I didn't eat any carbs for like 90 days straight. So when Easter came, I was like, okay, I earned this. Um, and again, I was on track, uh, the whole time for 90 days. So once Easter came, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to be off track today. So what happened was I spent the whole day binging out. Um, and I ended up gaining 20 pounds. Now, again, it's not 20 pounds of fat, a lot of it's water, but I legit gained 20 pounds because remember I was also in keto. Uh, so like I didn't have any water in my body. And when you're eating all that food, all that, all those carbs that you're not used to eating, your body soaks it up. It's like a sponge. Uh, so you gain all that weight back. Um, I did this uh, a few years back too on 4th of July where I planned out my day. I was like, okay, in the morning, I'm going to Panera and getting this. And then we're stopping at this donut shop and getting this. And then for lunch, we're getting this. Oh, and then when I get to my dad's house for the 4th of July party, we're having this. Okay, and then we're also going to bring this pie for a dessert. And I remember laying there at night because um, I just ate all day. That's all I did. And I was so fucking full. Um I just wanted to like throw up. I'm like, I hate this, blah, blah, blah. And then I would spend the whole next day fasting and doing cardio. We're trying to work it off. Terrible, terrible cycle to get in. So the whole all or nothing mentality is not a good cycle to be in. And you just have to realize that, hey, everything's on track, right? Like one meal doesn't matter, okay? Just like, just like if I were to have like one day, right? Let's say I was like one day where I was perfectly on plan. Okay, I was in my calories, hit my protein, hit my fiber goals, um, drank my water. Like that's not gonna do anything, right? So one meal or one day off plan isn't gonna do anything either. Like you just gotta get back on track and that's all that matters. And it's not necessarily, it's 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 a lot more, um, it's, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. But just getting in this mindset and start telling yourself this, that, hey, like, fuck, like I had way more than I wanted to eat last night or hey, way more than I wanted to drink last night. Like, cool. Like, okay, it's one meal. Awesome. I'll just get right back on track right now. The more you do this, the better and easier it's going to be and the better results you're going to start getting and the better your relationship with food is going to get, right? So you got to get out of the all or nothing mindset. Start realizing that it's what you do most of the time that matters. It's what you do over the months and the years that matter, not necessarily like this day or this vacation or this meal, that doesn't matter. It's, hey, a successful dieter, it's like, what I want to see from you is, okay, what did you do afterwards? That's what matters most. Because most people, why they fail is they'll go off track. Then they'll either, one, work out 
the next day and try to fast and try to make up for it and compensate and try to burn off all the calories. And then it's this cycle that repeats or they're done. They're sick of it. They go off track, they give up and then they never get back on track. Okay. So you got to get out of that all or nothing mindset and just realize, Hey, you're one meal or one action away from getting back on track. Again, I like to say like for my clients and myself, like even if you overeat, treat your next meal or your next day the same. Like don't overcompensate. Like don't try to fast in the morning. So like if you overate for uh, dinner and, and uh, dessert, still eat your normal breakfast at the same time next day, right? Yeah, you might, but what's gonna adjust is you're not gonna be as hungry. So you might notice throughout the day, oh, I'm not as hungry, so I'm not gonna eat as much, right? Your body's very good at adjusting. So it almost naturally corrects itself throughout the next few days because you know, okay, I'm not that hungry any, like these next few days, so I'm not gonna eat as much. But if you force yourself not to eat, then again, you're, what's gonna happen? Then when you do eat, you're gonna get so fucking hungry, you're gonna overeat again, and then the cycle continues. So really just get right back on track. That's one of the best things you can do. Um, so next is gonna be, Next is going to be um, emotional and stress eating uh, and basically using like food as like a coping mechanism, right? Like you have a feeling food is your comfort is your comfort. So I'm going to go eat the certain food to make me feel better. The problem with that is you are using food as like a vice to temporarily separate from your emotions, right? Because it, it, it makes you feel good. But it's a temporary fix, right? It's like putting a Band-Aid on, a, on, a, on something, right? It doesn't actually fix it. It's just, okay, I'm going to put a Band-Aid on it. Or, yeah, I'm going to put, you know how people put duct tape on stuff to like temporary fix until it gets fixed. Like, it's the same thing. It's like putting duct tape on like a back headlight versus just fixing the headlight, right? You're, you're, you're giving like yourself like a three to five minute dopamine hit. And then after three to five minutes, you're still going to have that same feeling, and not only are you going to have that same feeling, now you just ate and you overate, so you're going to even feel even worse. So really, uh, emotional eating and stress eating, it's something, first and foremost, just to become aware of. That's the first part. And just being aware of it is already a huge win because it's like, okay, now I'm aware of it. Because a lot of people aren't aware of it, right? They don't realize it. So just becoming aware of it is step number one, which is great because awareness precedes change. Um, and the next thing is separating the emotion from the action, Right. So, um, rather than going straight to food, getting that emotion out and not solving it with eating food, right? So the thing to do here is, again, this is where I like to, um, instead of going towards the food, stop yourself, breathe. Breathing can be a really good thing. Like just take a few deep breaths, write it down in a journal because when we get our thoughts down on a journal or on a piece of paper, like oftentimes that that uh, allows us to process the information and really think about things. And oftentimes after that, we feel better um, and we don't want to necessarily continue to eat uh, or, or do what we want to do. Talking to somebody, getting it out loud and speaking it and then having somebody like repeat it back to you can help a lot. Um, going for a walk just to get your mind clear can help a ton. Going to read a book can be relaxing for some people. Again, just breathing and like meditating can help. The whole point here is to relax your mind because it's emotional and to th get your logical brain thinking more, right? So separating the emotion from the action and having that space 
um, in between that. But then also getting like those emotions out can help a lot because that's what's going to help versus like eating the food, which isn't going to help. Right. And then, of course, if like if it's a real problem, like that's when obviously going to see a professional and talking to somebody can help a lot. Um, but just generally speaking, like emotional eating and stress eating is like very common. Um, food never fixes the emotions, right? It doesn't. What fixes the emotions is going at them face to face versus hiding it behind a food, right? So facing those emotions, thinking them through, talking them out, writing them down and dealing with them that way versus trying to hide behind food because then it's almost just like the snowball effect where it never gets solved and you're only perpetuating the the problem a lot worse by continuing to um, eat your feelings away essentially, right? So um, that's what I would recommend, (coughs) excuse me, for that. Okay, so um, the next one is going to be uh, boredom eating and mindless eating because this kind of ties in a little bit. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have all been here where you some, sometimes like you're just bored and you want to eat, right? And and I've done this where I don't even think, sometimes it happens where I don't even think and I'm just reaching into a bag, I'm reaching into the cookie jar or I'm eating like some chips or something. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't realize I'm fucking doing this. Um, so that's number one. Another thing too that's been uh, a problem with me lately is like cereal. I like fucking love cereal and I can be so full from dinner and then 10 minutes later, I'm like, I'm gonna have some cereal. But it's not that I'm hungry. It's more that I'm like, oh, like I just want it, right? So it's different between like needing it and wanting it. So this is where having like the fruit test can help a lot, right? So ask yourself like, hey, am I hungry enough to eat an apple right now? Am I hungry enough to eat an orange or banana? Like whatever your favorite fruit is. And if the answer is yes, then you're hungry. Then you eat that apple or that fruit or banana. And then if you're still hungry after that, then you can have some of the you know, food that you wanted, right? The most likely what happens is you're not hungry. It's just a feeling, right? You're bored and you just want you have want like that hit of food, right? So if if you tell yourself, no, I don't want a banana or I don't want an apple or I don't want an orange, then you're not hungry. Right? So um then then you don't eat the food. Okay. So so what can what can you do? This is where like boredom, like one of the best ways to not snack is to not be bored. Because what when are the most times that you you snack? When you're bored or when you're like mindlessly doing something, right? So when you're bored and not doing anything, so okay, I'm gonna go watch TV and I'm gonna go snack on this. Or I'm gonna go scroll my phone and go snack on this. So the best thing to do is go do something. Go read a book, right? Like get your mind working or your body working, right? That's how to get rid of boredness. So go read a book. Go um, write something. I don't know. Go fucking uh, write something, whether it's like journaling or maybe you have a blog or whatever go write something go for a walk for like mini exercise right go do something else and then if after you do that you still want that food cool eat it but most oftentimes i'm not you're not going to fucking want it um because again it's not necessarily that you're hungry and that you want a snack it's more so that you're bored right and i do this all the time where um especially with the cereal at night where i'll like 
I'll have to stop myself sometimes. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to wait 10 minutes. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go drink some water. I'm going to go whatever. And then I'll see if I still want it. 95% of the time, when I come back after 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it is, I'm like, fuck, you know, I actually don't want it. Because again, like it was a feeling. It wasn't necessarily like what I actually, it's not like I was like fucking hungry and wanted more because I just ate a huge dinner. So um, that's that's a big thing, right? So you really have to like switch one habit with the other, right? You have to switch the one habit of eating mindlessly with the habit of, okay, let's get some activity and let's do something productive. And then most of the times I don't want to eat. And if you do end up eating the snack, please don't eat out of a fucking bag. Like it never fucking ends well. So measure that shit out, right? Like if you're eating chips, put it in a bowl, put it in a plastic baggie, put it on a plate. Um, same thing with cereal. Just measure that shit out, put it in a bowl and it's going to be a lot better. That way you're eating it, but you're not eating the whole fucking thing. Um, the next thing is going to be uh, sugar cravings. Okay. So this is a, this is a tricky one because I don't necessarily think there's no definitive answer here. Um, Cause everybody sh- has different feelings around food. And, and when I say feelings, I'm talking about like physiological feelings of like hunger and cravings. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of like food addiction because when I think of addiction, I think of like things that like actually have like a mental and physical effect of like, um, like gambling, alcohol, smoking, um, like sex, like sex addiction, like where you have a dependence on something and you get like a withdrawal, some, some type of withdrawal without it. Food isn't like necessarily like that. Um, because like one or two days of not having something is like, it kind of tends to go away. Um, and you don't have these like crazy, like withdrawals from it. Um, so, you know, I guess we could just call it like cravings and not necessarily like addiction. And the problem with this is like food is made to be like hyper palatable, right? It's not necessarily like, um, it's not necessarily like, okay, I am addicted to sugar. So I want sugar. Cause if that was the case, we'd all be eating like the domino out of sugar bags or like the brown sugar from that we eat with cookies, right? We'd be taking spoonfuls of that, which I get most people aren't doing. I hope you're not doing. Um, but that would be like addicted to sugar. Like you would have to eat sugar. You'd be squirting with those sugar drops in your fucking mouth, which isn't the case. Right? So what happens is like food companies, there's like a combo of food that makes it very hyper palatable and, and somewhat addicting, right? Where it's like high fat, high sugar. Okay. Um, like a donut, high fat, high sugar, that combo tastes amazing. Um, uh, fat and salt, right? That's another one where it's like, okay, I want these, uh, pork rinds or I want these, this peanut butter. Um, these food combinations, companies, this is why chips taste amazing. Salt, carbs and fat they spend millions of dollars each year to figure out okay how can we get more people to buy this how can we get more people to eat more so that they have to keep buying more right so it's a crazy thing um so that's why food's so addicting um so that is the problem so what you can do here right if if you have a trigger food okay um number one the important part is, is again, there's no good or bad food. So it's it's not telling yourself that, um, hey, I can't have this food because of X. Like if you tell yourself you can't have it, 
the first thing you're going to want to do is have it, right? If I tell you right now not to look down, what are you going to do? You're going to fucking look down or you're going to want to look down, right? Even if you have really good willpower and you're like, I'm not going to look down, Bob, I promise. You probably want to do it really fucking bad. So if you tell yourself, okay, I can't have pizza or I can't have this ice cream, like what's going to happen? You're going to want it even more. So don't tell yourself you can't have something. Like you're choosing not to have it, right? Um, so there's really two things you could do here. Um, it's really number one, if you have a certain trigger food where like you just struggle with it, try to have it more in moderation. Um, and this is where it's like, Hey, instead of having the whole bag of cereal, have a bowl of cereal. Instead of having the whole bag of chips, have the, um, have one bowl of chips or one, one little baggie of chips or one serving of chips, or instead of eating the whole thing of brownies, have one brownie. Or instead of having ice cream every night, maybe have ice cream, you know, X nights per week. Okay, well, hey, this week I'm going to have it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday, Sunday, I'm not going to have it. Just for example. So having a moderation. That works very well for some people. But also, it, again, if when I was transitioning out of keto, that didn't work for me at all. Because if I would have had the ice cream, I would have had the whole fucking tub of ice cream. I couldn't stop myself. Like, even if I put the ice cream in a bowl... I would finish it and then I would have to go back to the freezer and put more in a bowl. And then by the time I was done, the whole fucking ice cream was gone. So um, sometimes it doesn't work for some people. Sometimes it does. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, this is where um, sometimes you have to totally get rid of it. And that's okay, right? Like just don't have it in your house. Um, because again, it's not going to necessarily be easy, but you can 100% get over it. And this sometimes might be what you have to do, whether it's for a week, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, a year, whatever the case may be. Sometimes you just got to totally get rid of a food from the house just to get it out of sight, out of mind and get your body um, realizing that you don't need it. Right. Because uh, I, after again, after a few days, it's going to be a little bit easier. The first few days might be really hard, but then you start to the craving starts to go down. You start to realize like, oh, I don't need this. And then. Maybe after a month, you're like, oh, like, I don't need this shit. So you either don't eat it anymore and you don't need it, or you slowly start to retransition it back in where it's like, just use the ice cream, for example. You get the tub of ice cream after 30 days and you're like, cool, like, um, yeah, I'm going to have, uh, you know, one scoop. And then you start realizing that, hey, I, I can do this. I can only have one scoop. Um, or again, it might take you a little bit longer, which is fine too. So Sometimes you can just do it in moderation. Other times you're going to have to just totally get rid of it. There's no right or wrong way. It's whatever works for you. And some people are going to need it away longer than others. But this is how to get rid of quote unquote cravings um, and whatnot. And sometimes just getting it out of sight, out of mind is that best option for you. Um, so that's that. Um, the next one is going to be how to deal with like extreme hunger uh, I see this a lot with people who, uh, there's really two things. Number one, they're eating way too few calories, like a thousand to 1200 calories to try to lose as much weight as quickly as possible. So while there is a time and place for that, for most people, you want to eat as much as you can while still losing weight. Okay. Um, because what happens is if you try to eat too little, yeah, you might go off of willpower for a little bit and then eventually it comes and punches you in the face and you end up binging back out because you're just so hungry and it's so unsustainable. Um, 
So this is where you can actually eat more while still losing weight and it's actually going to be more sustainable. So you're not only going to lose the weight, but you're actually going to be able to keep it off, right? So this is where I like to do instead of doing like 1200 calories. Now, some people, that is how much they need to eat to lose weight, like very small people. But typically just take your goal body weight times 12. Um, that's a good amount, right? So if my goal body weight was 150 pounds times 12, boom, that's 1800 calories a day. That's fucking nothing, right? So um, yeah, that's, again, that's that's like a lot more than 1200. That sounds a lot more sustainable, doesn't it? Now, if your goal is 110 pounds, because I had somebody on fucking Instagram say this, where it's like, well, my goal is 110. So if I multiply it by 12, that's only 1300 calories. It's like, well, Number one, it's only just an estimate, right? There's so many things that go into it. And number two, it's like, yeah, if you want, that's why I wouldn't recommend getting down to 110 pounds if, unless you're like five foot, but it's like, yeah, that's what you have to do to get down to that weight. It's like, that's why it's not sustainable because for you, 1300 calories is nothing. So don't get down to fucking 110 pounds. But also, you know, the more muscle you have, let's just say you are 110, like you probably can eat more than 1300 calories. So um, that's the, the key there. So make sure you're eating as much as you can while still losing weight, uh, because it's going to make it much more sustainable. So that's the number one way to deal with extreme hunger is not cut your calories super low. Number two is this is where the going all the way back to a calorie is a calorie where you want to make sure that most of your food is coming from whole foods because yes, like technically you can eat your calorie deficit, so whatever that is, let's say your goal is 600 calories a day. Technically, you could eat that in all fucking ice cream, protein bars, and protein shakes. But again, it's not very filling, right? So it's not very sustainable for so long. This is a very common thing I see. The people who succeed the most are the ones who eat mostly whole foods. They don't just only eat whole foods, but they're getting most of their protein from whole foods, like chicken, beef, uh, red meat, turkey, fish, uh, tempeh, stuff like that. And then they're getting most of their carbs from whole grains. They're eating their vegetables, their fruits. They're getting their fats from healthy sources. And then they have like some protein shakes or whatever, or whatever candy bars here and there. The people who struggle with hunger and who really struggle getting results, are the ones who, yeah, they might eat a little bit like that, but they're eating a lot of snacks. They're eating a lot of supplements, right? They're eating a lot of these weird like protein pop tarts, protein shakes. They're eating um, these crazy like protein muffins. They're trying to make these like crazy high protein recipes that aren't filling. Like the answer is in the whole food. Like you can't avoid the whole food, right? Yes. There's certain things that you can do to make things better, but you just have to eat mostly whole food. That's just, that's still the name of the game, right? You can make it more enjoyable, but the foundation comes with that. So, um, if you're dealing with extreme hunger, that's what I would say there. Uh, and, and yeah, so the last thing I want to say here, and this is a very important point because I, I actually have talked about this a little bit is sometimes you have to just be strict and that's okay. You'll, you've heard me talk about it. You've probably heard a lot of other people talk about flexible dieting and I think it's gone a little bit too far. Um, now for some people, flexible dieting is like what they need and in, in, in flexible dieting is essentially like realizing that no food's off limits and that you can enjoy your favorite foods and that if you go off track, you seem to get right back on track. However, you have to earn the right to do that. You can't just start off by that, okay? So sometimes you have to be 
unbalanced in order to have the right to be balanced, right? So people who, who start a business, okay? You only see when they're balanced. Like you might see them on the beaches. You might see them with their cars, their private jets, their amazing house. And you might be like, wow, like that person's fucking lucky. But you don't fucking, you didn't see the part that was unbalanced for them. You didn't see the years that they put in for work. You didn't see the sleepless nights. You didn't see all the stress, anxiety they went through, right? That's one thing that pisses me off about people who's like about tax the fucking rich and shit. It's like, dude, you don't fucking like know what these people went through. And they're also, they're also employing a bunch of people, which is great for the economy. That's a, again, another discussion. But my point being is like anything in life, people earn the right to do it, right? Same thing with me. Like, I got super lean and people are like, oh, well, it's genetics. It's like, no, motherfucker. Like I worked my ass off for that. And I have the right to not track calories right now. And I have the right to, you know, maybe eat some pizza on the weekends because I I went through the period of unbalance, right? Now, you don't want to go too extreme. But my my point in saying this is like in order to flexible diet or in order to do some of this stuff and like not track calories, you have to go through being a little bit more strict, right? So what I mean by that is you have to count, like you don't have to, but in order to get the best results, like you're going to have to count calories for, you know, at least 30 days because how do you know how much you're eating? Like if you're going to be flexible and eat intuitively, like how do you know what that is? If you never count calories, how do you know how many calories something is? How do you know what a portion size is? How do you know how much protein this contains? How do you know how much fat this contains? You don't. And counting calories is the best way to do that. Same thing with like, how do you know like to fit things in? How do you know what it's like to go off track and get back on track if you don't know how many calories you're eating, right? How do you know what that looks like? How do you know that you can fit certain things in your calories without going overboard? You don't if you don't track calories. So sometimes you have to be unbalanced to uh, by tracking calories and measuring all your food to earn the right to not track it because you're building the skills and the knowledge to do that. Also, you can't just right off the bat for most people just start flexible dieting in terms of like, well, I'm just going to eat pizza for dinner for this, or I'm just going to eat out on the weekends. It's like, if you don't want the best results, yeah, go for it. But if you're struggling and you're not getting the results you want, like you got to be more strict. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't just have everything you want in life, right? Like, it's not like, well, I want these results, but I also want to go out on the weekends. It's like, cool, like you can do that, but don't be mad when you're not getting the results you want, right? Like, you kind of have to earn the right to do that. And it's like, well, I see blah, blah, blah doing that. It's like, well, you're not blah, blah, blah. Like that person fucking has been on a three-year fat loss journey. They finally reached their goal body weight. They're in maintenance now and they're comfortable and they're going to have some pizza on the weekends. But you didn't see them the first two years of like, hey, I'm going to have, maybe I'll have pizza once a month, but most weekends I'm staying strict. I'm staying on plan. During the week, I'm staying on plan. Like you get out what you put in. So again, if you want the best results, you might have to be strict at first for the first, you know, three to six months before slowly getting a little bit more flexible. That might mean not eating out as much. That might mean cutting back on alcohol. That might mean eating more whole foods. And that's okay, right? It's not a forever thing. It's a short thing. Just that's literally what happens everywhere in life. If, if um, you know, Elon Musk was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of take the weekends off of work and I'm just going to stop working at one in the afternoon and I'm going to, um, you know, take three vacations in this month. Like Tesla wouldn't be a thing. Like, no, that dude worked his ass off. But 
now it's like he has his business and I'm sure he can do a lot more of those things because he earned the right to do it. So same thing with your diet. You have to earn the right to do to to earn the right to be a little bit more flexible and not track, which means tracking for at least 30 days and being strict. Like when I say strict, like more of like the, you know, 90% consistency to perfection just to start off. And then you can start to tailor it back there. But um, so like 90% consistency to perfection uh, and then earn the right to do it. And again, you don't have to do that, but if you're not satisfied with your results and you're struggling, you can't be mad because you're not doing what needs to be done. And I think that's a telltale sign of like, hey, maybe I need to fix this. Maybe I need to dial it in a little bit more to get the results I want. So that's basically it. Hopefully this helped. Hopefully this helped answer some questions on how to improve relationship with food. Um, hopefully you took some notes here and you can start applying these to your life. Um, and again, this is something that isn't going to happen in a week or a month. Like this is something that takes months and years to do. But by knowing these things and start implementing them into your life and taking action on them, you are going to get better. You are going to improve. Eventually, you're going to be a totally new person and um, improve your relationship with food. So hopefully that helped. If if this helped, please leave a five-star rating or review. It helps a ton so more people can see this podcast. If you know a friend or family member that struggles with this and this episode might help please share it with them um share on your social media it helps a ton i greatly appreciate it and any questions you have please let me know um my email is in the description don't hesitate to reach out and send me emails i love answering your guys questions i appreciate more than you know we'll talk soon peace